Hi there. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Jan Orman. The eMental Health in Practice team made a couple of webinars just recently to celebrate the launch in 2020 of the WellMob portal. The portal is a website dedicated to helping Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people find culturally appropriate digital resources to support their social and emotional well-being. This podcast is a distillation of some of the best moments from webinar 44, the first of those webinars. Dave Edwards led the team that put the WellMob site together. He's a lecturer and researcher at the University of Sydney's Centre for Rural Health in northern New South Wales, and he's a true expert in the field of digital mental health. You know you get my uh, gander up when you call me an expert, but um, <laughs> thanks for the accolades. Uh, listen, I'm David Edwards. I'm a Warramai man. My um, family are from the Karua area. That's uh, north of Newcastle in New South Wales. And um, I'm actually not on country tonight, so I'd like to acknowledge country and I'd like to acknowledge the country I'm on through my native Gatang language that was given to me by my uncle Stephen Brereton. So, Guji Yigu, Minyang Yura Wobulan, Nia Yigu Marala Baragu, Yi, Wijibul Waibul Barai, Gatai Niran. And um, that translates to look at all of us here, we come together. I'm, I'm on Wijibul Waibul country and let us, uh, let us be together in this uh, space. So I'd also like to acknowledge all the respective Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander country that everyone uh, zooms in tonight and also acknowledge the Indigenous mob that might be joining us tonight as well as our non-Indigenous brothers and sisters, our clinicians out there that have uh, um, joined us on this webinar. As well as the academics involved, Dave acknowledged a whole crowd of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people who'd contributed to the development of the WellMob site. We've got the uh, Bunj- one of the Bunjalung um, Aboriginal advisory groups that have were actually the, the brains trust to come up with the idea of having a, a website that um, is a first off in Australia to have a repository of Indigenous-specific wellbeing resources. Dave also mentioned reference groups in Lismore, Adelaide and Darwin, reflecting just how much work had gone into making sure that the WellMob site was both good quality and culturally appropriate. So a big shout out to all those reference groups that without them, this website would not be possible. As well as Dave tonight on our panel, we have a GP, Dr. Anthony Vogelpohl from the Sunshine Coast in Queensland. Anthony, Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I've had many years of experience in um, Indigenous health, mainly remote Indigenous health in the Cape, in Arnhem Land and uh, the Gulf Country. I must say, uh, in my years in in Aboriginal health, the embracement of technology in remote communities is amazing. If they had a JB Hi-Fi shop in the community, they'd sell out in no time or an Apple (laughs) shop. So, you know, I think the technology's there, the Wi-Fi experience is poor, but, uh, you know, they're ready to embrace stuff like the WellMob site. Thanks, Anthony. And we also have uh, Simon Dubois, who comes from Byron Bay. He's a psychologist at the Health Lodge in Byron Bay. Simon, what's your interest in the subject matter of this webinar? Well, my interest is certainly in digital technologies and mental health, and that kicked off back in 2007 as a youth worker when the iPhone appeared. And at that same time, MySpace was starting to to raise itself as a a feature in our community. So it was really behoved of me to to understand and 
really just had an interest in these digital technologies and then seeing how they applied themselves in our work as social workers, community workers and, and counsellors. So it sounds like you were a bit of an early adopter, Simon. Yeah, I was sort of like an, a, a late early adopter. <laughs> <laughs> My kids helped me. <laughs> all our kids have helped us, don't you worry. <laughs> Dave wanted to make sure that we were all on the same page. In our understanding of what we meant by digital resources and by the term social and emotional well-being. So most people are probably familiar with some of the clinical um, or evidence-based resources that are out there, such as um, apps, websites and online programs. And I've got a couple of examples there. Uh, with an app, we've got the iBobbly app which is, a, um, I guess, an app for Indigenous people to self-manage their well-being. Uh, check it out if you've got a, a chance. It's been developed by Black Dog Institute with a, a lot of involvement uh, of Indigenous um, clients, at, uh, particularly in WA. Uh, websites and portals. Uh, portal's just a flash name for a, a website that links to other websites and other resources, and that's exactly what the WellMob website is. Um, online programs, I might just mention one like uh, MindSpot, which has an Indigenous-specific wellbeing program. That's a, an eight-week program for uh, Indigenous people 18 years and up. I guess the other resources that we really want to focus on, and particularly that are, uh, is a, a real, um, um, I think, positive of the WellMob website, is some of those more informal online materials or grey materials, you might say, that are based, whilst based on their evidence, of, uh, you know, around, you know, clinically proven that they, they help well-being, they're, they're the sort of materials that you wouldn't quite think of uh, in the mental health and well-being space or particularly working with your clients. And we're talking about video and social media and uh, audio uh, content. And I, I think the real important thing about using this type of informal content is that it really speaks to Indigenous people. Um, a lot of the, the video and audio and social media content is narrative-based. So, you know, we've got a, a strong tradition of an oral uh, culture. So we pass on knowledge through story and hearing other people's story is really important way for us to understand the nuances and messages, um, particularly around well-being. And, and also, as Anthony uh, mentioned, uh, we're, we're pretty uh, quick uptake a quick on the uptake for technology like you know we've gone from using spears and and uh, nets to to using you know um, firearms and four-wheel drives and boats to to catch our prey and it's no different when it comes to using uh, resources for our well-being um, our culture is still strong and we still practice that out in the bush but we also look at resources online that can help us in our everyday connection to country and culture um, the only other uh, informal resource I might mention is just things like PDF fact sheets and posters that, um, you know, often are very pictorial. And the, the big difference with video, audio and pictorial resources is in a lot of our communities where through educational disadvantage, um, literacy rates are, are, you know, substantially lower than our non-Indigenous Australians. And I think those types of resources are, are really important to, to get across health messages without having the barrier of language, particularly when a lot of our remote communities, you know, English might be a second or third language. So it's really important to think about um, resources in language as well as resources that are written in plain language. Right now, we're going to have a little um, audio grab from... Someone called Candice Angelo, who I believe, David, is a colleague of yours. Yeah, Candice actually is a registered nurse in a, a North Coast uh, hospital um, and head of the nursing department in ED. But she's also a lecturer at University of Sydney for the Graduate Di uh, Diploma in Indigenous Health Promotion. 
Let's have a listen then to what she has to say. Hi everyone, my name is Candice Angelo. I am a Yuan woman, proud to be working and living in beautiful Yagel country in northern New South Wales. I work as a registered nurse in a rural and remote hospital and often come into contact with youth, young patients who are in distress. So uh, a service that I like to use and refer to my young patients is a, an app on my iPhone called Check-In. This app's been developed by Beyond Blue and what it does is it has two, two purposes. The first one is to point you in the direction of places to go to get support. So there are contact details on there for Lifeline, for Kids Helpline, for Headspace, for eHeadspace, for Reach Out and for Beyond Blue. Not only that, but it also allows you to have a, a conversation planner. So this is something where if you're really worried about a friend or a family member but don't know how to talk about social and emotional well-being issues with them, it takes you through the four steps to plan your conversation so that you feel more confident and comfortable in having those hard conversations. I might add too that check-in is not an Indigenous specific app. It's something that we can use with lots of our patients and clients. So I would recommend that you download it and have a look at it. It is, of course, free of charge. Dave, tell us about social and emotional well-being and what all that means. Yeah, thanks, Jan. We thought before we um, talk about more digital well-being resources and the new WellBob website that holds these resources, that we just explore a little bit the concept of Indigenous well-being and unpack that a little. I guess it's a, um, a really holistic concept. And my colleague there, Simon, and I had a yarn about it. And um, he really likens the model to a wheel with uh, the, the centre of the wheel or the hub being holistic social emotional well-being. And then the spokes radiating out from that wheel are all the factors that contribute to Indigenous well-being, our connection to our physical and mental health, but also our connection to country, culture, kin, community. And all those factors of our well-being are influenced by co cultural, social, political and economic determinants that continue to shape how our well-being is in today's world. But it's very important to also acknowledge that the historical events and policies of this country since European invasion and that that period of dispossession and the subsequent policies of assimilation and segregation and now attempts at reconciliation have all influenced our ancestors and our generations before and continue to play out in various forms of intergenerational trauma. Uh, the big distinction between Indigenous mental health and well-being versus um, the well-being of our non-Indigenous Australians is that connection to culture, country and community and that mental health is just one component. Why do we need WellMob, Dave? The idea for this website, which we've called WellMob, um, and that was launched in July this year and was um, developed in collaboration with the Australian Indigenous Health InfoNet, came from actually frontline uh, Indigenous workers. And th the idea was that we needed more than just mental health-based uh, resources. Like a lot of the mainstream mental health websites are great, but they're really for mental health workers and they're really specifically just for mental health issues, whether that's anxiety, depression, uh, et cetera. Um, we, the workers really felt like they needed something more holistic that tapped into things that keep us strong and that, as I mentioned before, the importance of culture uh, plays out there. They also, our workforce also said we needed um, resources that uh, uh, were, were easily accessible, culturally safe, had been vetted. We know there's a lot of material out there on YouTube and that can, that can be quite triggering and, and it's you know, quite um, concerning that our young people have 
uh, a lot of access to, to videos that may not be the best messages um, to do with our health and well-being and that may actually reinvigorate stereotypes about Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. So our workers out there said really needed something that showed some of our strength-based resources around language, our music, our songs, our dance and our stories, which helps us keep, keep us strong as we, as we saw before in that holistic Indigenous wellbeing model. And finally, um, the workforce said trying to find culturally relevant and appropriate wellbeing resources was like finding needles in haystacks. It was extremely difficult to find um, Australian Indigenous content uh, by doing a Google search, and I'm sure everybody would have that experience where they put in the Google search engine a particular topic um, around Aboriginal health, and often the, the rats and stats you might uh, get aren't the really uh, positive resources that you might use with an Indigenous client, but are more probably empirical data. So they're the reasons why we've uh, come up with this new wellbeing website called WellMop. So in a nutshell, it's a one-stop shop of Indigenous wellbeing resources. It's for our frontline workers, and that includes GPs and allied health. And we really try and promote the, um, I guess, the benefits of this website for our non-Indigenous clinicians out there because they can go to this trusted source that has a repository of all sorts of wellbeing resources, and it gives them a great talking point with their client. And our, our panellists will talk more about that shortly. And finally, before I hand it over to our panellists, I just want to acknowledge um, the partnership between our uh, electronic mental health and practice and the Australian Indigenous Health InfoNet in developing this resource. But I, I would really like to stress that our uh, Indigenous reference groups of, um, of workers were the ones that were really behind the, the look uh, and the feel and the, um, the function of this website. So a, a big shout out to them. You can find the WellMob portal at www.wellmob.org.au. In the webinar, Dave's colleague Shani Roberts stepped us through the website. We can't do that easily on a podcast, but we can pass on some of the important things that she had to say. The WellMob home landing page has a simple layout and is culturally inviting with Aboriginal artwork by Aboriginal artist Frances Bell Parker a descendant of the Yagel people. WellMob has normal features that includes the About tab, contact links, Get Help When In Crisis link, and a search function. The main feature of WellMob is its app-like appearance with six icons representing six main topics that you can find wellbeing resources under. These are mind, body, our mob, culture, keeping safe and healing. You notice that the website is based on a holistic model of Indigenous social and emotional wellbeing and captures many of different things that make up our health and wellbeing, not just mental health. The website is designed to find resources within just three clicks. I'm able to filter my search by the condition type, language, resource type such as videos, websites, audio, apps, even documents. Target audience and age groups. So I thought I'd just sum up Jan before moving on to our panelists and um, I guess the, the real take-home message for this webinar is two things. It's, it's about WellMob uh, is there to look for resources for your Indigenous clients and share them with them 
as well as it's also there for your professional development and to support your work. So let's get practical with all this and ask Mm. Simon. Simon, how do you bring this subject up? I mean, it doesn't come naturally to either Mm. practitioners Mm -hmm. or patients and clients to think about using digital resources. How do you go about doing it in your practice? Yeah, it sounds like a simple thing to do, Jan, but when you get behind this process, you've got to be a bit organised. You need to have your technology ready and organised, whether it's your phone or you've got to have your your iPad ready to go sitting in your office. And so when the opportunity comes up, you're there and ready to show them something. So, I mean, the long and the short of it, you want to say, hey, I've got some digital resources that I'd like you to have a look at. I'd like you to have a look at these things because they really help. Simon reflected on some of the resources he'd seen on WorldMob and how he might use them. There was one where somebody is showing how they were reflecting and thinking about their mental health condition, a great way to introduce somebody to that process themselves. Or if somebody's trying to understand their, their own experiences with trauma, being able to put it in a historical perspective. But to do that in the moment, if you're a GP, you might have 15 minutes, if you're lucky, 20 If you're an allied health professional, even that 50 minutes seems like a really short period of time. So, again, it's about being really organised, knowing your resources so that as soon as you get that opportunity, you can see where it fits. And, again, that's where WellMob is really, really good because they've been put in a place for you where you can access them quickly. All it requires of us is just to go through that stuff and get familiar with it. Uh, so that, again, when there's a good moment, you can jump on it and kind of seize the moment. So before we start um, thinking about these resources and getting overexcited about it, we just need to take a step back for a moment and have a think about, well, what are the sorts of technologies that are available to the person in front of me? We need to be careful about making assumptions that everybody has access to limitless amounts of data or they have the sort of technology that's available to us. So we need to, in that short period of time, just check in and ask and find out. Uh, it's very risky to make uh, assumptions like that, particularly when people are living in much lower socioeconomic circumstances. I know you wanted to talk to us about the Stay Strong app, which is a particularly exciting app for those working in Indigenous mental health. Tell us something about that. I do want to talk about the Stay Strong uh, app because this is an example of a piece of digital mental health technology which really embraces the idea of of cultural consideration, cultural appropriateness and cultural context. And... uh, David's really been emphasising this point, which is super, super important. So this is something that allows us to move into that cultural space really fluidly and work in a really interesting way and, again, culturally orientated way. One of the ways to think about the Stay Strong app is like a really, really good assessment tool. It's a really good way to walk through somebody's experience uh, and what they've come to seek uh, the sorts of help that they're seeking from you and do that through this app. The Stay Strong app is a strength-based model and so we're really looking for, as you know, uh, Jan psychologists have a habit of looking for problems all the time, not looking for uh, strengths. 
Uh, so this is a reminder for, uh, for us to find the sorts of resources a person already has that we can take advantage of to support them in their healing journey. Stay Strong, the app only works on tablets, not on phones. I think if you go looking in the app store, you're not going to find it. You've got to go to the website, haven't you, to download it. And it costs $12, I believe. Yeah, around that. Yep, yep. Really worth, really worth checking out and having an explore and, and play with and, uh, you know, have a go with your colleagues and then, have it, again, just having it available there in your room for that opportunity mm. to use it. Because it's meant for you to use in your room in collaboration with the patient, isn't it? It's not something that they go away and fill in. That's um, right. And, mm. and that, that's a, a general truth for most uh digital mental health technologies, they work best when they're done in collaboration with someone. So it's good to have the time to be able to do that. Let's move on to Anthony now and and let him tell us exactly where digital resources fit into his practice as a GP. First of all, I want to say the Stay Strong app, I have experienced it quite extensively, used by Aboriginal health workers and allied health, and it's an easy tool to use and really effective. So I'd really endorse that. I was going to tell you about, you know, if you get the amazing experience of living and working in remote communities of Australia and to embrace the the beautiful culture of Aboriginal people, it's an amazing experience. And anyone who hasn't done it, go out there. Um, I want to tell you a story. When I first started up there, and it's hard as there's a big turnover of GPs and medical professionals and people how do you connect to the local people? How do they think that you're not just another white good that's going to get tossed out once you got a little bit burnt out? So, you know, to go, I found I was a keen photographer and I had lovely photos on my wall of skiing holidays and pictures of other parts of the world. But I had a picture of a simple tree near the barge landing. My God, that photo saved my life so many times because I'd be sitting there and they'd just point to this tree and they'd go, Barge landing, and I go, yeah, and then, but they just wanted to talk and talk about this tree, and it it got my um it got my um you know the consultation going so many times, and then I learnt the more pictures of that I put up, there was always something new to talk about water and that and that connection to the country that David's talking about is something that you know we might recognise the Eiffel Tower, but we don't recognise just a simple tree in a in a looks like any other tree to me but to that to the local people that that's amazing and i think when you're trying to engage with aboriginal people as a non-indigenous person you don't really understand the culture like they do these anything that can get that conversation flowing is great so we would have ipads in our waiting rooms we would there's always a lot of computers that sitting empty in the clinic and we, we would give people, the family, an iPad and try and put it on something good that they need to look at. And then within a few minutes, they were exploring the iPad and looking at all the local content we put on there. And I think in on the WellMob site, I've used the search engine and, and, you know, dialed in local community names and found resources that belong to that community. And that's really important to to find resources that, where they might identify with the local pictures or even the people that are on the uh, on the local videos. So, and to have such an easy um, website to use, as has already been pointed out, is, is amazing because that's quite a hard thing to do, you know, to start looking for stuff. And you know it's safe and you know it's been vetted before. And most of the videos are 
are well done, well, well, well designed. This one, um, I think it's the Grog story. I like, um, I love the uh, animated videos. But what I really saw a great lot of is um, local Aboriginal people are great hunters, and they cut up their animals and they open it up and dissect all the insides and they eat most of the animal bits that I would never eat. And um, they um, they really have a good understanding of anatomy. And, and when you use these simple diagrams of anatomy, and you see it all in the, in the Aboriginal artwork, the, the, you know, the X-ray type pictures of animals and people, and any video that's got some of that content has a lot of meaning. And um, I found that there's, it helped me save my life in the, the uh, you know, when you're dealing with, things you've never dealt with before, like petrol sniffing. How do you initiate a conversation when all these people are dragged into talk and you're the doctor and you have to say, stop sniffing petrol, you know, that really works. So if you've got a video you can refer to and people can look at that and, and then conversation starts to flow and you really can achieve what you want to achieve in a consult rather than feeling like it was a pretty useless consult. You probably heard Anthony mention that grog animation that was amongst his favourites. Go to Wellmob and check it out. It's really a very interesting video, a good lesson in neurobiology and something that you might actually find useful in your practice. I guess we've covered that um, Indigenous wellbeing is, is a holistic concept and, and that's the concept that we've uh, developed the Wellmob website on. It is more than just mental health. And certainly the connection to uh, the positive narrative materials that are on there, including video, uh, podcasts and social media sites, is an important resource for you to share with your clients. And I really appreciate that we've been able to uh, hear about uh, from our clinician, Simon and, and Anthony, some practical examples of how they start up a conversation with a client using a digital resource and how they've been able to integrate digital uh, wellbeing resources with their Indigenous clients. Just to finish off, I want to play you the soundtrack of one of the videos that you can find on the WellMob portal. It features the very recognisable voice of Uncle Jack Charles and explains intergenerational trauma in a way that actually leaves you feeling hopeful at the end. In the time when our story started, we were able to parent in the cultural way that have seen our families survive and thrive for generations. Our people were strong and our culture flowed and healed us in times of hurt. But since the trauma of colonisation and the stolen generations, we have not been able to heal in the same way. And we have unknowingly passed this trauma on to our children through sharing our sad stories and having them witness and experience our pain. This is known as intergenerational trauma. And we see symptoms today in broken relationships, disconnected families, violence, suicide, and drug and alcohol abuse. But this is not where our story ends. We still have strong minds and hearts, and we still know who we were and where we belong by creating safe and strong communities together, supporting our families to be free from pain, returning to our culture and building a strength of identity, we can stop the cycle of trauma and bring about positive intergenerational change so that we can continue to thrive for the next 60,000 years. There are simple things that we can all do to help heal our trauma. Visit healingfoundation.org.au to find out more. Thanks for listening.